I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One of my most favorite ways to de-stress from a stressful day is a good night deep sleep that will also help me wake up naturally in the morning, hungry to hustle and make progress again. Good thing I always have my sleep cell with me, the best partner for a comforting deep sleep. Experience a healthy 8-hour quality sleep every night with Sleep Asil, the most trusted sleep supplement with natural and non-addictive ingredients such as melatonin, valerian root, and chamomile. Sleep Asil is FDA approved and an over-the-counter supplement available nationwide in Mercury Drugstore, Watson's Physical Stores or online, South Star Drugstore, Rose Pharmacy, and Generica. You can also shop for Sleepasil via Lazada, Shopee, and Zalora or visit their website on www.sleepasil.com. To share your experiences with Sleepasil, follow and tag them on their social media at Sleepasil for Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. Podcast Network Asia. Project Loving Myself Podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. Let's just face it, a healthy body sleeps well. Okay? If you have trouble sleeping, then it's a sign that your body isn't healthy. Okay? If you are not sleeping, then there's no way you are in perfect health. You are listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast. A well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hi everyone, are you a sleep-deprived mom or an adult who wakes up some mornings, maybe even every morning, feeling more tired than when you went to bed? I'm a new mom myself, and the only thing I really dreaded when I was pregnant for the third time was the sleepless nights that lay ahead. It was that more than the dirty diapers. It's true, sleep is a big deal. Sleep is something that I can't do without. Without sleep, I am cranky, I'm irritable, and I'm just not a nice person. And I'm definitely not the best mom that I can be. Which is why I make it a priority to get enough sleep. So if you can totally relate, then this episode is really going to be helpful to you. 
Our guest today is sleep coach and expert Zoe Chu, aka Sleep Super Nanny or SG Super Nanny. She is the founder and director of the Super Sleep Company. Zoe started this in 2014 with the vision of helping and empowering parents who are always running low on sleep, transforming mombies into sleeping beauties. She is also known for her simple five-step program to a better night's sleep that has changed the lives of thousands of families from all over the world. Zoe's works have been featured in multiple platforms, including Singapore Motherhood, The Asian Parent, Asia One, Harper's Bazaar Junior, and Mind Valley, one of the world's top educational platforms in self-development. She's also an author, a speaker, and a proud mom of four babies. Welcome to Project Loving Myself, Zoe. I'm so glad to have you here. So, Zoe, tell me a little bit about your story. How did you become a sleep expert and coach? What events in your life brought you to where you are today? Well, let's just say it wasn't something that I dream about becoming uh, when I was a little girl. <laughs> you know, uh, I actually went to New Zealand when I was 21 to pursue my master's degree in accountancy. So I went there on my own uh, with $2,000 in my po- pocket. That's all my dad could afford to give me at the time. And But I was eager to go because it was my you know, opportunity to go overseas and study and, and live there. And yeah, I actually graduated with a master in ca- accountancy and then I got a job as an auditor. Uh, and then, you know, I met my husband along the way. This was in New Zealand, Christchurch. And then what happened was I became a first-time mom to my twins. And I was basically, well, you know, I was very excited, but at the same time anxious as well because, you know, I didn't know how to really look after twins. Uh, <laughs> twins does not run in my family, although they do now. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so... As a first-time mom to my twins, I was really struggling, really. I mean, I remember there were so many nights, you know, one twin would wake up at 2 a.m. and then I would try to, you know, feed him and try to settle him down and put him back to sleep. And then I'll try to go back to my bed and, you know, hoping to get some shut-eye. But before you know it, the other twin would wake up at like 3 or 4 a.m. And so this went on for months and I was so sleep-deprived. I was so tired. I was like a mombi, literally, you know, panda eyes and all. And I wasn't enjoying my motherhood really at that time because uh, my whole world like turned upside down. My my life was dictated by my twins feeding and, and sleeping and, you know, trying to get them to sleep. And yeah, so it, even up to the point that one day, you know, I got into a shouting match with my mother-in-law. So I was I was horrified of myself, of course, but that's what sleep deprivation can do to you. You know, you just don't function, you know, the way you want to be. You just, yeah, you just feel out of sort. And so that was a wake up call for me, but I still didn't know what to do. You know, I just thought this is what I sign up for, becoming a mother. And I should be really uh, thankful, you know. But one fine day, a lovely neighbor of mine, she came to visit me and she saw my, you know, probably my panda looking eyes. And she said, Zoe, why don't you explore sleep training? And I was like, oh, 
what is that? You know, why do I need to sleep train now? Like, don't babies just fall asleep naturally when they're tired? You know, why do I need to sleep train? She said, Zoe, you need to establish a routine. Without a routine, your life will be a mess. And I, I'm, I look at her and I look at myself, you know, and I was like, I was thinking, it's true, you know, it's true what she said. My life was a mess. And I would look at her, she was very much a well-rested, happy mommy of two. And I was a tired, grumpy mommy of two. <laughs> so naturally, I was convinced. And I started to, you know, explore sleep training. And voila, you know, I started implemented what, implementing what I learned with her guidance as well, with my neighbor's guidance. And then, yeah, my twins started to sleep well and through the night, no more rocking them to sleep, no more using pacifier or, you know, those hammocks, you know. And my life changed for the better. And I, I just felt so, so grateful for the sleep training, you know. And a lot of my friends, they were so impressed. And they started asking me for advice when they got pregnant and, you know, when they have their babies. And I was happily sharing with them. And then when I moved to Singapore from New Zealand about 10 years ago, I, I was pregnant with my number three then. And then I started blogging about my sleep training journey. And that's how... I got into this sleep business. Yeah. So that's the, the, the short story, I guess. I, I think it's amazing that you went from being an accountant, which is like an entirely different background field to being someone who is a sleep expert and coach. And I completely relate, honestly, Zoe, with your story because I have three kids. I uh, mentioned earlier that I have a newborn. And with my first two children, I didn't sleep train. I think I didn't, I, I don't know. I think I was afraid of it. I was intimidated by it. I um, was a sleep deprived mom the very first time. I got better by the second time. And I said, okay, I can handle this. I can manage this. But by the time I had my third child, I said, this is not happening. I need my sleep. I'm older than I was, you know, compared to my first child. And I also noticed that both my boys you know, sleep was something that really took them a couple of years, I would say, to master. And my second, my middle child, I mean, he's four years old and he still is not as independent as his older brother when it comes to, you know, going to sleep on his own. And mm -hmm. that is why I said with my third child, I'm really going to make sure that she learns the skill of self-soothing, of putting herself to sleep and making sure that the entire household is still going to run. We're all going to be rested so that me and my husband can be better parents to our children. And I think that was like the biggest motivating factor is, you know, not like you mentioned that idea of a mom, mom bee, you know, and I totally get it because I know that some, some people, they do well with lack of sleep and some people have a much harder time. And I'm one of those people, I need my sleep. Like I'm juggling things all the time. And I'm sure some of our listeners can relate as well that you need to be well rested to accomplish all the things that you have to do in a day. So I totally, um, I totally relate to that. But, you know, Zoe, considering we are in an Asian country, right? This idea, this concept of sleep training, I think is still relatively new. At least here in the Philippines, I, I know that I have friends who have tried sleep training, but the majority of people don't practice sleep training. So what was it like when you started to talk about 
sleep training to people, let's say in Singapore. I know in New Zealand, it was probably a lot more uh, normal or, or people were more open to that. But let's say in Asia, did you face a lot of resistance? Did you have to educate people? What was it like? Definitely that spot on observation, Sonaya. <laughs> Actually, this was also what led me to realize that this is indeed a big problem in Asia. So when I moved back here from New Zealand to Singapore, because after living for 10 years over there, I, I had a big culture shock myself because when I was out shopping with my husband at night, and then I saw there were like lots of parents out shopping with their you know, little ones, their babies or toddlers. In fact, one time I, I was uh, watching a late night movie with my husband and parents were like bringing their toddlers to watch that late night movie. So to me, that was uh, shocking because, you know, I know how important it is to give our little ones early bedtime because in New Zealand, you know, shopping malls actually close by 6 p.m. and kids are in bed by 7 yeah, so I, I found that, you know, I knew that there is a big problem here in Asia that many parents are actually not aware of the importance of fostering healthy sleep habits for their little ones. And so that that really kind of like led me to realize that, okay, this is a problem and there, there would be a, a demand for it, for a solution for it. And so now I've been, you know, my, my tagline of my company is uh, turning mombies into sleeping beauties because I know that there is definitely a problem here in Asia especially and I would say there are general three types of parents okay that I encountered in, in this business for the last eight years okay number one would be parents who are not aware that their child's sleep issue is a problem okay that they just think that this is how kids are like when it comes to sleep you know they think that, oh, it's okay for my one-year-old or even my uh, two-year-olds to still wake up in the middle of the night for milk. As long as they go back to sleep, then they think it's okay. Or they feel like, oh, since my, my child doesn't want to sleep, I'll just keep them up late so that they will be tired enough to go to bed. So this is one group of parents. And then the other group of parents would be parents who are aware that this is a problem. They know that it's not healthy for their child to be sleeping so late or having so little sleep and yet they don't know there is such a thing as sleep training just based on what you said just now that they don't know that is a there is a solution to their problems and then the third group of parents which i actually feel more for would be parents who are aware that this is a problem and they are also aware that there is a solution because i spoke to them and and then the problem is they are worried that they are the grandparents, the elderly are not supportive or maybe their spouse is not supportive. So they are, they are just very fearful and they are struggling so much and yet they can't do anything about it because out of respect, you know, because the elderly were saying, no, why do you need to sleep train? You know, I look after you just the way, you know, I, I, I used to <laughs> all these uh, hammocks or things like that or, or I, I carry this to sleep. This is what you sign up for being a mom. Are you are you not being tough enough? You know, so they are struggling, and yet they can't do anything about it. They know there is a solution. I, I told them I can help them. You know, I, I I say you just need to foster healthy sleep habits. That's all you need to do. Because if you keep doing what you've been doing all this while, and yet it's still not working out for you, 
then it's nothing's going to change. You know, research has shown that 84% of babies who have sleep issues will continue to do so up to three years old or even older. Because I have clients who come to me with their preschooler or even primary school going kids who are still struggling with their sleep. So it's never too late to foster healthy sleep habits because we spend one third of our lives sleeping, right? So we need to give our child the right foundation in order for them to sleep well. I I agree with you completely, Zoe. And I have a lot of clients. So as a healer, as a well-being coach myself, I see a lot of people who have a sleep crutch. So they're Mm -hmm. taking, you know, medication, they're taking supplements, they're taking all kinds of things to help them with their insomnia. Or I have, you know, clients who complain about they have so much stress, they're not able to sleep. And, you know, a lot of people have sleep issues. Even at my store, at my well-being center, I remember we'd have a lot of different kinds of like herbal sleep aids. And people really would buy these things. So I recognized many, many years ago that sleep is not only an issue for children, not only culturally, there is, you know, some kind of, I would say, resistance to finding a sleep solution or to do sleep training, but also these children who may not have had healthy sleep habits instilled in them grow up to be adults that also may have trouble with sleep, may have trouble with focus, may have trouble with a lot of different things. So I think, you know, as parents and as an adult myself, I, I see the the merit in making sure that our children start learning to sleep well from an early age so that they can grow into healthy, you know, mentally sound adults who can continue that trend and pattern of being able to self-regulate, self-manage. So what, what is that something you encounter as well, Zoe? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll, I just wanted to add that thankfully, you know, in the last eight years of me doing the sleep business, I do encounter, you know, families who are really teachable, very coachable, and they are happy to learn from me because I have a five-step system that I teach them. And I also have, you know, I have tons of success stories on my website and, you know, whereby the grandparents actually saw, you know, the beauty of sleep training and they are willing to actually appear on video. And, you know, most of them are camera shy, right? But these grandparents, they are happy to go on on the video because they, they really want to inspire other parents out there as well, other families out there, because they, they see that now they don't have to actually spend so much time time trying to rock their baby to sleep or pet their baby to sleep they can just put their baby down in the cot or in the crib right and then the baby can just fall asleep independently yeah so they they find that wow this is something so amazing and they just want to inspire all the other families out there okay and so for me myself i find that nowadays with social media and you know google and everything people nowadays will just try to google like how do I, you know, how do I solve my problem, my babies waking up multiple times at night? And then so there will be tons of articles telling you that, hey, you can sleep train your baby and all that. So, of course, you know, there will be people who can actually just DIY, you know, just kind of like base it on articles or books that they read and then they can get their success story. But all of us learn differently, right? Some people, they can yeah. DIY and they get a success story. Some people, they DIY and still, you know, not working. And so that's when having a sleep consultant, a coach that can guide you every step of the way, that really helps. And 
honestly speaking, uh, Sanaya, I, I used to be quite a private person. Okay. And, and, but I feel like because now I have a mission that's bigger than me, I have a mission that I want to empower at least one million tired and sleep deprived families out there so that they don't have to keep struggling anymore. Okay. Because postnatal depression, that's real. Okay. And that is mostly due to the lack of sleep. And I just want to help empower all these tired moms and tell them that they don't have to struggle anymore. And that's why I keep showing up on social media, on, on your lovely podcast and all, because I want to tell everyone out there that there is a solution. You don't have to keep struggling. All you need to do is educate yourself and just learn how to foster healthy sleep habits. And then everyone can be happy and well-rested because sleep is really, uh, you know, you can solve a lot of problems, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, honestly, sleep is the key to a lot of other things. Because I know when I am on a lack of sleep, I am not the person that I want to be. So I exactly. totally hear you. Now, yeah. Zoe, let's talk a little bit about the services you offer. So we talked already about, you know, the fact that you help mothers sleep train their babies. But you also mentioned that you, you also work with older kids. So it doesn't have to be just babies. So can you talk to me a little bit about the different kinds of services you offer? And I believe you also work with adults. So can yeah. we talk a little bit about that? Okay, so basically I I have my my book, Sleep Baby Sleep. And so people who are interested about sleep training, they can just get my book and I share my five-step system here. I also have my online video program if they prefer to watch rather than read. And I also do one-to-one -one coaching. In fact, now I'm expanding my team, uh, my dream team. And it's not just me because I know just me alone, I can't go far, right? With a team, then I can expand more and can reach out to more tired and sleep-deprived families out there. So I believe that one-to-one -one coaching is very crucial to guide this family because every, just as every child is different, Every parent is also different. So we try to customize a solution that is going to respect the parents' philosophy, the parenting philosophy. And then we try to guide them step by step to get to their success story much quicker, having this personalized support. Yeah. And as for adults, I have a partner where, because I'm focusing mostly on pediatric sleep, but I also do adult uh, sleep, but I do mostly uh, talks and webinars, but when it comes to the coaching, so I do have a partner that I actually work with so that I can get that, get my partner who is a functional health coach. She can do all this lab testing and all that to analyze exactly what's going on with the body and the mind. So that's how we uh, run the, this sleep business. Amazing. It sounds like you are really helping a lot of people. Mm. So let's talk, Zoe, now about sleep deprivation, because that's where mm -hmm. it starts, right? You've got a sleep-deprived parent, a sleep-deprived child, or a sleep-deprived adult, right? So what happens when someone is sleep-deprived? Like, how does that affect their physical, emotional, mental health? What are we talking about here? Well, where do I even begin? It's everything, right? Like you said, not getting enough sleep can lead to various uh, diseases, really, okay? Uh, such as cancer, heart disease, diabetes. You know, did you know that uh, World Health Organization in 2007, okay, they classified night shift workers 
as a probable carcinogen due to the circadian rhythm disruption. Okay, because they, they're supposed to be sleeping at night, but yet they are working and then sleeping in the day. So it's really bad uh, for their body clock. Okay. And, you know, as we all know right now, we are living in a pandemic world. Your immune system is going to be severely, severely compromised because your body is not producing enough proteins known as cytokines to fight all this infection. So if you don't want to get sick so easily, you want to make sure your immune system is strong. You got to make sure you get your quality sleep every single night seven to nine hours okay and if you want to know that secret to that fountain of youth uh <laughs> make sure you get your beauty sleep beauty sleep is real okay I, I sleep is not a waste of time okay because when you're sleeping your body is repairing itself okay so when your epidermis as much as um when the what do you call that? Your skin, the blood flow will increase and that's when your organ gets to uh, rebuild its collagen, okay? And also get to repair damage from all the UV exposure that you get during the day. And then at night, this will help you to reduce all your wrinkles and age spots and everything. And if you don't want to gain weight so easily, please, please prioritize your sleep, okay? But did you know that this study done where they put two group of participants, okay? So they are both, these two groups are on the same diet, same amount of calories, uh, exercise, everything. But the only difference is one group, they make them very sleep deprived. And you want to know what is the results of the study? Mm -hmm. They found that the group that did not get enough sleep, okay, the one that is very sleep deprived, the amount of weight they lost from fat dropped by 55%. It's significant, 50, isn't it? Fifty-five percent. That's yes. huge, Zoe. Yeah, and so even though their calories stay equal and everything, okay, the one the group that is sleep deprived, they gain a lot of weight, okay, and the group felt hungrier and less satisfied after their meals, and of course, they are just very very tired because of the sleep deprivation, and also one more thing that I want to share with your audience and yourself is that do you know when you're sleeping, your brain is working very hard to get rid of all the bad toxins, okay? Bad toxins that can actually lead to Alzheimer and dementia. So you might think that Alzheimer disease and dementia is linked to aging or genetics, but studies have found that it's due to the fact that you haven't been prioritizing your sleep all this while. And this is a true story. I found out that, you know, Margaret Thatcher, she's the iron lady, right? And she famously coined this phrase, sleep is for whims or sleep is for the weak. And do you know what happened to her in the later years? She actually suffered from dementia because she has only been sleeping four hours all this while in, you know, during her heyday. You know, a couple of things that really um, caught my attention. Number one, we have a huge BPO industry in the Philippines, a call center industry. And mm -hmm. so many, many people, especially kind of the younger generation, they mm -hmm. are all, you know, doing the whole flip of the working at night and sleeping during the day. So the circadian rhythm disruption issue is something that is very prevalent here in the yeah. Philippines. Yes. Uh, secondly, I know a lot of people here also have to function on a lack of sleep 
because of prior to the pandemic, transportation. Mm -hmm. There were, we have a lot of traffic in the Philippines. And so mm -hmm. for people to get to work, they have to travel sometimes an hour, sometimes two hours and coming mm -hmm. back. And then they have to take care of their families. So I know a lot of moms out there here in the Philippines and even internationally can totally relate to having not, you know, not reaching that seven to nine hours sort of sleep window that they should be having. So I yeah. do agree that this is a major issue for people. And as you said, you know, sleep affects our weight. Sleep affects our physical health. Sleep affects our skin. And for every woman, like your skin is, I know for me, you know, your skin is something that you just want it to glow and we can spend so much money buying products, you know, yeah. to make our skin look so great. But sometimes maybe if we would just get great sleep, I think that would make a, a huge difference. Zoli, That's how right. about mental, mental health? Have you ever, you know, encountered people who have their mental health being negatively affected because of their lack of sleep have you seen that happen as well oh definitely um so i've been to a lot of homes uh, prior to this pandemic now i do mostly online so i would encounter moms who are basically uh, in tears when i you know talk to them and that's because most of the time some of them might be having postnatal depression and one out of three moms who suffer from pnd is really due to the lack of sleep okay and of course, when you're not getting enough sleep, I mean, I suffered from that too when I was a first-time mom to my twins. I mean, not quite postnatal depression, but I would say baby blues and you, you're just not quite yourself, you know, and, and, and you feel like if you don't have that enough support system and you're not getting enough sleep, you just can't think straight anymore, you know? And all this because your brain is not working to produce uh, enough neurotransmitter, th those feel-good dopamine, serotonin that you need to make yourself feel good and then you can fall asleep easily. And that's why it, it's going to affect your your mental health, okay? So sleep is so, so important in, in this sense. If you can get good quality sleep, then yeah, it, it's going to help you improve your mental health and yeah, you won't be so anxious, won't be so stressed. Your resilience level is going to be much better as well. And so this is really a lifestyle issue, isn't it, Zoe? At the end mm -hmm. of the day, our lifestyle for many of us is not very conducive to having proper sleep. So of course, it's very different for a mother who, you know, has to take care of a, a newborn baby and she has to breastfeed or, or pump or, you know, wake up for the child. I mean, that is one story. That is something we can't really avoid. But for, for adults who have maybe lifestyles that aren't really prioritizing sleep, you know, what would you say are the issues, you know, what kind of lifestyle habits are causing people sleep deprivation? Well, right now we lived in this modern day society where things are constantly on the go all the time, 24-7, like you said. And so when people, you know, they don't prioritize their sleep they, and they think that sleep is a waste of time, okay, they are going to like put sleep at the backseat, right? And so they're going to just keep doing, thinking that, oh, this is going to help me be more productive. You know, I need to keep doing. But actually, when you're not getting enough sleep, your productivity is also going to be affected, okay? Because you, 
can't focus, you can't concentrate, and you can't function well. Okay, so some of the you know things that lifestyle habits that that is not so great that I do observe would be that some people like to you know watch TV before they go to bed or work on their laptop or use their gadgets and 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 all these things. Okay, all this has blue light exposure. Okay, all this blue light is gonna enter into your eyes, your retina, and it signals to your brain that it's still daytime. Okay, so that is a problem, and you gotta make sure that if you have, uh, if you get, you gotta try to avoid gadgets at least one hour before bedtime because when you have all this blue light exposure, it is going to suppress your melatonin, and melatonin is the sleepy hormone that we need to fall asleep. And stay asleep, okay. So if you are tell you are always constantly watching TV and and you know binge watching on Netflix and all this thing, yeah. When you want to sleep, you are not gonna find that it's an easy thing to do because your brain is still very much stimulated. You have so much uh, cortisol in your system, and that's a problem, okay. And another thing is that I do find that. Now we also live in this culture where people love to consume caffeine, right? Uh, coffee and tea and and all this, uh, and so caffeine is going to disrupt your your sleep, okay? Because it is going to make you quite awake and alert, and so when you want to fall asleep, it's gonna be a major issue, okay? So I'm not saying you can't consume caffeine, but you can, but at the right time. Okay, so caffeine has a half-life of uh, six to eight hours. So for myself, if I want to go to bed by 10, I make sure that I don't consume any more caffeine after 2 p.m. Yeah. And yeah, and I also believe that a lot of people listening to this podcast, I, I believe that you guys might be bringing your gadgets to your bed. <laughs> I think most people would because I've done a lot of talks and every time I ask them, they'll be like, yep, guilty as charged. Um, the reason why we don't want to do that is because we want our brain to associate our bed as a sleeping place. Okay, the, your bed is just a place for you to be sleeping and for you to have sex. That's it. Okay, nothing else. But if you bring your laptop or your phones to, to your bed, and then it's going to stimulate your brain. And then when you want to sleep, your brain does not know, do you want me to fall asleep or do you want me to work or, or what? You know, so we got to make our brain just have this simple association. It's only for sleep. And that's it. When we were renovating our home, Zoe, my husband and I were talking about, well, do we put a TV in our bedroom? And mm-hmm. up until then, we had never had a TV in our bedroom. And so we brought up this conversation again because, you know, it was a renovation. And both of us agreed, like, we don't want a TV in our bedroom because our bedroom is, like, supposed to be this really, like, relaxing space. We didn't want the stimulation. Having said that, both of us are very guilty of bringing our phones to bed you know that's kind of like the last thing we check before we go to bed or we set our our alarm or our messages and and unfortunately you know i i definitely think that is something that we should correct but are there ways to mitigate it zoe like for example i wear screen glasses Mm, so even though sometimes you know i have to work towards the evening or I'm on my phone I make it a point to wear my screen glasses so at least you know I'm protecting my brain as much as possible and you know the other the other um 
point you made about caffeine as well. I also, you know, it's hard for me to function in the morning without the caffeine, but I agree with you. You know, I have my coffee in the morning and I try to avoid, uh, mm. I've been pretty successful actually, not doing an afternoon caffeine. Mm. Though I think most people, they need kind of that morning pickup and then the <laughs> afternoon pickup. But yeah. your thumb rule, you know, that kind of two o'clock cutoff is is a good idea. You know, make sure mm. we kind of get it in before that so it doesn't disrupt our our sleep. So do you think it's possible maybe to have a little bit more of, you know, uh, a negotiation? Like I'll bring yeah. my I'll bring my <laughs> my laptop or I'll bring my iPad because I'm going to watch a show, but I'm going to wear screen glasses. What do you think of that? Or is that cheating? That's cheating because that doesn't solve the problem of um, you want your brain to associate your bed as a sleeping place. So I will work somewhere else. Like I, I won't bring my laptop to my bed, you know. So I try to make sure that, you know, I'll work on my desk and uh, that's it. You know, when I when I lie down in my, on, on my bed, it's for me to prepare myself to sleep. Or even you can read a book, it's fine. You know, it's a good wind down activity as well. Or just talk to your spouse and that's better than stimulating yourself. And of course, there is something that I can share with you on how to have a, a cheat system. If you don't have like what you say, the blue light blocking glasses, I have one with me here, all right? Okay, if you don't have this pair of blue light blocking glasses, you can actually install this app called F.Lux. Of flux okay it's a uh, it, it's gonna help your um screen okay filter the blue light so as it gets uh later and later at night because you can set it up at like maybe 10 p.m you want to stop working so it's gonna turn very orangey okay and that means there's no more blue light coming in through and so that can help you as, as well and of course you when you're using your phone uh if you're using uh iphone then you can use the night shift settings or if you use Android, it's called Twilight, I believe. Yeah, I, I definitely use that as well on my phone. Yeah, uh, I'm very, I'm very aware of these, you know, these different influences on our sleep. And I guess it's just about taking charge. And I think, you know, after our conversation today, I think I will do much better at making sure <laughs> that all these distractions are, you know, put put away. Because I do believe, you know, good sleep is the key to mm -hmm. a clear mind. And I think when your mind is clear, you can really be productive, you can be effective, you can be efficient, okay? Yeah. But, but Zoe, you know, this is still something that is very difficult for most people um, mm -hmm. listening in. You know, I can, I, I can almost hear people who are probably listening in right now being like, but this, but that, and they have all these different reasons why this is not so easy for them to do, to you know, ensure mm -hmm. that they're getting good quality sleep. So, are there any other uh, reasons why a person may not be able to sleep well that you can share with us? Okay, so I would say that after you try all this good sleep hygiene and your sleep is still really bad or you know you don't feel like after waking up from seven to nine hours of sleep you don't feel well rested or whatsoever, that's because probably you have accumulated like years of sleep deaths, right? And so what happened is that I would say you will have a lot of cortisol in your system, okay? And when you have too much cortisol, which is that stress hormone, that is going to suppress your melatonin and you're going to have all this night wakings and then probably early waking. And so that is the number one hormone that sabotages your sleep, okay? And 
For me, I found out that there are five hidden causes of insomnia. Okay, number one is you have hormones imbalance. Okay, so low progesterone, uh, low estrogen, all this is going to affect your, your sleep quality. Okay, so the best thing is to find out exactly what you are deficient in, or like what exactly is going on with your hormones. So get it tested by your doctor or a functional health coach. And number two, it has to do with your gut health. Okay, because we actually produce like, you might think melatonin and all this uh, serotonin is actually produced in the brain because it's related to like brain, right? But it's actually produced in your gut. Okay, so up to up to like 80 to 90% of all this uh, hormones are actually produced in your gut. And if your gut is not healthy, then it's going to have trouble producing all these hormones that is going to help you fall asleep and stay asleep. Okay, so I would say that if you have a dysbiosis in your gut, you have like uh, more bad bacterias than good bacterias. Okay, so it, again, is also the uh, imbalance. Okay, and that is going to affect your your sleep quality. So that's why you know you will find that people who are not getting any good sleep whatsoever for for months or for years, they often have anxiety or depression because they are lacking those neurotransmitters, okay? Like I said, the feel-good one, right? To help you sleep. And so that's the problem. And if you have parasite or infection in your gut, that can sabotage your sleep as well. So when I'm talking about like uh, all this, maybe H. pylori, parasite and yeast and all this, all these pathogens are very active at night, okay? And they are nocturnals. So they are like busy uh, eating and releasing lots of toxins and causing lots of inflammation like at 3 a.m. or something. If you're waking up during those hours, that's probably because your gut, okay, is very unhealthy, okay? And so what happened is cortisol is an anti-inflammatory hormone. So when your gut is, you know, have all this parasite that is producing all this inflammation, your cortisol is going to be released and that's why you're going to wake up and you can't fall back asleep again, okay? And it's hard to heal those gut if you can't, if you don't actually get rid of those pathogens in the first place. So a good way to tackle this is get a get your uh, a GI map. So you will have a stool sample, get it tested to see exactly what's going on in your gut, okay? And then number three is have um if you have mineral imbalance, okay? So all our minerals need to be in balance with each other. It's similar to our hormones as well. It, it, it's something that if you have too much calcium, it will deplete your magnesium. And uh, I'm sure people have actually tried magnesium when they say, oh, I'm, I'm not sleeping well. Then people will say, oh, why don't you try magnesium? Okay. <laughs> but if you don't know if that is exactly what you're lacking, supplementing it, it might actually make things worse. Okay. So we, everything needs to be in balance. If we consume too much calcium and without sufficient magnesium, the excess calcium is going to be, uh, become toxic and cause more inflammation. And again, inflammation will cause your body to release cortisol to fight the inflammation. Okay. So that's why it's important to get yourself tested again to, uh, to know exactly what are you, uh, deficient in before you just blindly uh, supplement with minerals that you're not even sure if you're lacking, okay? And then the number four uh, reason is you might be consuming food that you are sensitive to, okay? Uh, when I talk about 
uh, food sensitivity. I'm not talking about food allergies where, you know, kids get into anaphylaxis shock, eating peanuts like that. I'm talking about food you're sensitive to, but it's hard to tell because it's often a delayed response to your uh, body. Okay. So what happened is most people uh, or, or many people, they are sensitive to five major food, which is gluten, okay, dairy, soy, eggs, and corn, okay? But you can also be sensitive to food that you may think is healthy, like broccoli or, or salmon. So I have a client, I remember, that he got tested and then he was actually sensitive to broccoli. It, it's like, you know, he thinks it's healthy, which we all think is healthy, but some people are sensitive to a certain type of food that you may not know of. I personally, I thought almonds, and because I, I, I do a lot of TikTok videos and I would say things like food that is good for sleep, right? And I, I would say almonds and, and nuts, all this because it has magnesium and zinc that can help you sleep better. But I am actually sensitive to almond because I did this food sensitivity sensitivity test and I found out that I was sensitive to almond, I was sensitive to pecan and, and clams. Uh, in fact, uh, I'd like to share with you a story, a funny story, because I knew I'm sensitive to clam, but one day I went to a Korean restaurant with my husband and I ordered this spicy tofu soup and there were lots of clams in there. I, I just ate them because it was so delicious. And guess what? That night, I struggled with my sleep because I was sensitive to clam and my body created, you know, produces a lot of inflammation. And so to fight inflammation, cortisol needs to be released. And that's why that night I didn't have a good night's sleep. So what you're saying, Zoe, is that sometimes when we have those random nights where we don't sleep well, and we just mm -hmm. put it to, oh, well, it just happened, right? Mm -hmm. There's probably a cause connected to what we ate or something that happened during the day that because we're not aware of this, we can't quite, mm -hmm. you know, make connect the dots. And maybe yeah. if we were better educated, we, if we were more well-informed, then mm -hmm. we'd be able to course correct and make sure that we don't repeat that again, like your clam story. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. I never so thought of it that way. You never thought of it. Yeah. No one told us all this stuff, you know, and another reason, the final reason okay is if you have a congested liver so our liver is our body filter and protector right is is in charge of trying to get rid of all these toxins from the food that we consume so when your liver is back up is very congested and it can't process all these toxins in your body those toxins is going to continue to circulate in your body causing lots of inflammation okay and liver is actually most active between 1 to 3 a.m and if you have a parasite and is releasing a lot of toxins in your gut, then it's going to be a double whammy, right? So that's why if you have a congested liver, um, you might have uh, suffer from digestion issue, fatigue, or you might actually feel like uh, you have sleep issues as well, okay? And I would say another thing to, to make sure that you have a healthy liver is that maybe start the morning with a warm glass of water uh, with lemon inside. And that can help to stimulate your liver. And if you find that your liver might be an issue, maybe stay off alcohol because alcohol is going to add more stress to your liver. Wow, that was really, really interesting, um, Zoe. I actually have heard of these different negative influences, but the way you put it all together, you know, these are the five reasons. I mean, it really actually makes sense. 
And um, it explains a lot of things. I actually see a lot of clients with anxiety and depression, and I Mm. have found a correlation as has been evidenced by many studies that levels of candida can be high. Mm. And candida is a type of fungus yeast for those um, who might not be aware of it, but levels of candida are generally elevated in people Mm -hmm. with depression or anxiety-related issues. I've also seen uh, people with food intolerances that they too have many aspects of their life being disturbed by that kind of gut that's really not working smoothly for them. So I totally um, agree with you, totally relate to what you said. I think it's very, very interesting uh, to Mm -hmm. look at it that way. Now, Zoe, how does a person judge whether they are having sleep issues? Like what are the things that are sort of like warning signs or red flags for them to say, wait a minute, I need to do something about my sleep or I need to go see a sleep coach or consultant. I need to fix this. Is it just, you know, frequent waking ups or are there different symptoms, I guess is what I'm asking for sleep issues. Okay, well, let's just face it. A healthy body sleeps well. Okay, if you have trouble sleeping, then it's a sign that your body isn't healthy. Okay, and even if you feel healthy, you you don't feel tired, or even if you lead a healthy lifestyle, but you are you are just not feeling well rested after a, a supposedly you think it's a good night's sleep, but you're still waking up feeling like groggy, or you have brain fog, or you still feel tired. Then there is something wrong, right? So I would say if you are not sleeping, then there's no way you are in perfect health. Okay, and so like I said, you we gotta exactly find out what's going on. Is it your mind? Is it your body? And so the best thing is to to get yourself tested instead of guessing, because there's so many reasons, right, why you may not be sleeping well. So I would say it's like you you know when you uh go into your car, you turn on, you start your engine, and you see all these light indicators, right? <laughs> so for me, sleeping is a, is a good indicator to say that something is wrong okay so we need to get ourselves tested to find out exactly why we are not sleeping because if you're healthy you should be sleeping well it's as simple as that and sleeping well means that you go to bed and you're able to fall asleep easily and you wake up in the morning feeling refreshed as simple as that as simple as that. So it might be, I mean, I would say National Sleep Foundation says that for adults, we need seven to nine hours of sleep. Because what I know is, okay, this is, I quote from a, a famous neuroscientist, uh, Matthew Walker. He said that, did you know that the number of people who can survive on less than seven hours of sleep without any impairment to their health rounded to the nearest percentage of the population is zero. Yes. So no one can actually survive on less than seven hours of sleep without any impairment to their health. It's as simple as that. So we need to make sure that we are sleeping well, then we are healthy. Or we are healthy, then we can sleep well. So it's, everything is interrelated. You know, I've uh, come across people, I have friends who say, you know, my ideal sleep duration is like six hours or they they will say five or six hours and they feel like their body performs well on that much sleep you know i know some uh, uh older people who sleep four to five hours and they just say you know their body is used to that and if they sleep more they actually they feel sleepy all day or so on now 
what you're telling me is that's actually probably not true. They're actually impaired. They just don't realize it. Mm-hmm. So can our bodies actually adapt to chronically restricted sleep? Is that even possible, Zoe? Mm, I don't believe so because there's this thing called cortisol dysregulation. It means that your body is kind of like if it's undergoing chronic stress all the time, then that is going to be a huge problem. There's, uh, I wish I can show you a, a chart, but let me just uh, tell you exactly what goes on when you have this cortisol being out of balance, okay? So if you are in a right uh, stage of your life where you feel like you know your relationships are great, your money is coming in, you don't have any stress whatsoever, then you will be in this level called a homeostasis where your cortisol is in check, it's in balance, all right? And this is, this is good, right? You, everything is okay and you're sleeping well and everything. But you might ex- actually experience acute stress where, you know, something like you have an unreasonable boss that, you know, get you to work on deadlines and then you feel like you have financial worries. And even in this pandemic right now, we, we are worried about our family, ourselves, you know, getting all this COVID-19. And so if you might have this kind of stress going on and what happened is, at this point, okay, it, it, can, it might not just be negative stuff. I'm talking about, like, say you are preparing for your wedding or even the arrival of your baby. All this is going to elevate your cortisol level. And at this point, what happens is that you are going to feel like, okay, it's good. You know, your body can focus. And, and so it, it helps you to, to function at that point. But the problem lies when you are experiencing chronic stress. Okay, chronic means it, this stress is like ongoing and your body is always going to try to dysregulate. I mean, try to go back to its normal level. Okay, try to regulate back to its normal level. And the problem is if it, if it doesn't go back to the homeostasis where, it's, where everything is good, it goes to the part where we call it compensatory phase where it's actually not a good level. When you do a blood test, you might say that, oh, the doctor say, oh, your cortisol is in the normal range, but it's not because that's when you actually start to have insomnia. You start to have all the symptoms that might actually get worse. And if you don't do anything about it, it will go down even lower. That's when your body cannot produce enough cortisol anymore and you will have, you know, diseases, autoimmune disease and all that. And that's when you collapse, you know, exhaustion. And so that's a, a, a big problem. So yes, sleep debts is not a, a good thing, all right? And that's why we, we got to always try to prioritize our sleep as much as possible. And Zoe, does it also work this way that let's say a couple of nights you you had deadlines, you've got projects, so you sleep less. And then the weekend comes and you like sleep 12, 14 hours. So you mentioned sleep debt. So can we kind of kitty our sleep and then catch up on it and then go back to a couple of more days of lack of sleep and then, you know, compensate? Does that work? No, because we just talk about sleep debts, right? And so the thing is, people might think that, oh, okay, yeah, I, I, I'm just going to catch up on my sleep over the weekends, right? And you may feel a little better after getting the extra sleep, right? But the snowballing effects of the sleep loss is a debt that takes longer to repay. Uh, there was this research that actually shown that it can take up to 
four days to recover from one hour of lost sleep. Okay. And it might take up to nine days to completely eliminate your sleep debt. And so you're always playing the catching up game and it's, it's not good. It's not healthy. Yeah, I, I remember when I was younger and I, I was in college, I remember like Monday to Friday was, you just won't sleep, you'd pull all nighters, exams, and then the weekend would come and we would just like catch up on sleep. But I think this is something I also realized that there's no such thing as catching up on sleep. Either you are sleeping properly or you're not. And if you're not, then we really have to make those uh, lifestyle changes to improve our health. I would say when we were younger, it's probably we don't feel it so much. Or we probably might get sick, you know, get flu or something. But we, we bounce back quite quickly because, yeah, we are young, right? But as we get older, I don't think we can bounce back so easily. Yeah. Agreed. Now, you mentioned a little bit about food and how there's some mm. foods that are that we are sensitive to. Having mm. said that, are there foods that are, you know, good for us to get good quality sleep, that they trigger good quality sleep? Are there certain things that we can eat that can yeah. help us get a good night's sleep? Yeah, the, the you know, the the best thing for your for your body is to eat wholesome food, okay? meaning non-processed food and just eat a, a diet that is, you know, non-inflammatory diet, that would be the best kind of food to help you sleep because knowing, you know, what I mentioned just now, because if your body uh, creates inflammation, that's when your cortisol will be released to fight the inflammation. Okay, so I would say try to get, you know, a, a good sort of uh, like, I would say kiwi fruits, that's, that's good because it actually produces and has a high concentration of mel melatonin and also tart cherries. And I actually mentioned some nuts as well, but you got to be making sure that you're not sensitive to those nuts as well. Like, because I told you almonds and, and all those can help, but then if you're sensitive to it, then it's going to be a double whammy if your body creates inflammation to your body. So, and I also feel that Try to avoid uh, all this refined sugar because you, you want to make sure that you don't have this blood sugar roller coaster all day long, okay? Mm -hmm. And because if you have this blood sugar roller coaster, it, it's going to continue into the night and cause you to wake up, uh, especially around that 1 to 2 a.m. And so try to avoid refined sugars and carbohydrates uh, like pastry, breads, and, and sweetened drinks and all this. And by focusing on having whole foods, okay, and plenty of proteins and healthy fats in your every meal, okay. Uh, and eating a small snack before bed can also keep your blood sugar from dropping too low in the night. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's actually... Helpful. That's great information, Zoe. Now, before we get to our last question, Zoe, I have one more for you. Tell <laughs> me about any sleeping tips that you would like to share with our listeners, especially for those people. Maybe they don't have major sleeping problems, but maybe they toss and turn before they go to sleep. Like people who maybe, you know, they're not at the end of the spectrum, but they're kind of not getting the ideal sleep. What kind mm -hmm. of tips would you like to leave them with? Okay, so I will share with you what I do, okay? I try to avoid gadgets at least one hour before bedtime. And if I do need to work, I'll, I'll put on my blue light blocking glasses and, you know, I have this Flux app on my, on my computer. And then I will also learn to pray and meditate that could help you to rest and relax. And 
you got to turn your bedroom into a very dark and cozy sleep cave. If you still have lights coming in through, maybe you can invest in a blackout curtains or if not, just get an eye mask. The, I actually sleep in my eye mask because I, I want it to be completely dark. Yeah, so all this is, is going to help you sleep better, I hope. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Zoe. Now, what I like to ask my guests before we close the episode is, what is their Project Loving Myself mantra or message to our listeners? Anything that you'd like to impart about self-love, maybe connected to sleep, anything you'd like to share? Okay. Well, I just want you all to remember that sleep is the foundation of our health and our well-being. Okay. Sleep is never a waste of time. All right. Our brain and body is working hard when we are sleeping so it can repair and restore itself. Okay. That's what we are wired to do. This is our biological need. Okay. It's not a luxury, right? Sleep is not a luxury. So there is a holistic solution to get your, your better quality of sleep without, you know, going to, um, the doctors and then they'll prescribe you sleeping pills. Okay. That should not be your long-term solution. And, you got to find out the root cause of the problems by testing in, instead of guessing, all right? Finally, I just want to say, remember to live, love, laugh, and sleep well because only with good sleep, you can have it all. Ooh, I like that. Only <laughs> with good sleep, you can have it all. I totally, totally agree with that. And really, Zoe, <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate all the, uh, all the knowledge, all the sharing that we've had on this uh, episode. It's really definitely, I think, going to make a very big difference, not only for our listeners, but also for me. There are a lot of kind of, you know, little light bulbs that went on in my own uh, mind. So I appreciate <laughs> your time and thank you for being here. Now, if somebody wants to find you, Zoe, if somebody wants to avail of your services, get in touch, how do they reach you? Well, they, you can connect with me on Instagram, where I'm very active there, or Facebook or TikTok at SG Super Nanny. Check out my website, www.sleepsupernanny.com. That's for my pediatric sleep. And for adult sleep is yoursleepbff.com. Wow. I love your, I love the uh, <laughs> website uh, handles and so on. Amazing. Thank, Thank you again, you. Zoe. Are we going straight from this to fixing our sleep patterns? I'm totally going to apply what Zoe shared on this episode. I think a lot of the tips that she shared were very relatable and easy to implement. And if you're like me, sleep is really, really important to make sure that I can handle my busy life. If this podcast is making a difference to your life, do drop me a line on Instagram and Facebook by tagging at Project Loving Myself Podcast and at Sanaya Gurnamal. Hit the subscribe button on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate your love. Our quote for this episode is, Your future depends on your dreams, so go to sleep. This is by Mezut Barazaini. So I'm not sure if I'm saying that name correctly, but I thought it was such a appropriate quote. Our dreams do create our life. It is the basis of the direction we take. It's the basis for the choices we make. So we got to make sure we get plenty of sleep for that. I also like another quote that I found, which is that sleep is the best meditation. So if you're one of those people who doesn't like to meditate, you don't enjoy it, you don't know how to do it, start with getting a good night's sleep. 
Thank you so much for joining me this week on Project Loving Myself, brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Podmetrics. You are loved. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. Mm. 